Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. I went back and watched yesterday's recording. It was terrible. Uh, I assume it's because of the weather. Uh, I assume the internet's frozen out there. <laughs> and so uh, for whatever reason, the signal was just terrible yesterday. I hope today is better. I apologize. Probably some of you thought it was your own house, you know, your own, you know, internet, whatever. It was probably a combination of both. It may have been even worse by the time you saw it. But anyway, doing the best we can in the in the deluge of winter here in Kentucky. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for 10 with Tim. Uh, gosh, I love you guys so much. I really, really do. Today we're in Exodus chapter 39. We are in the home stretch for finishing Exodus, uh, I believe, tomorrow, correct? Uh, we'll finish up tomorrow with chapter 40. But I kind of slowed down at chapter 39. Uh, I know some of you are probably weary with, with all of this detail uh, related to the tabernacle, the priest clothing, the worship of God there at the end of Exodus. But, uh, but still, I, I think it matters. And maybe it's because I'm just a minister that I slow down in chapter 39 because I, I guess I identify I am not a priest. My function in the body of Christ is, is not really much at all like the function of, of Aaron and his sons and the Levites that followed. But, but still, there's, a, there's a, some kind of continuity in ministry. And, uh, and I just want to parse that out a little bit with you today and, and do a little reflecting of what it means to serve the Lord uh, as his minister. Um, you know, I'm kind of overwhelmed, as you are, in... Uh, these chapters for all of the you know detail, uh, God Himself giving instructions for how He's going to be worshipped, and all of the you know parts and pieces of the tabernacle, uh, in again extravagant detail. As I said a little bit yesterday, um, what strikes me in these chapters is the obedience of it. When we read it before, it was describing, hey, do this, you must do this, you should do this. God was giving the blueprint for the tabernacle, but this time around, it's this is what they did. They made this, they made this. It's the obedience, it's the action of the people in, in doing exactly what God had asked them to do. So all of these you know, parts and pieces are described, the curtain, rings and you know gosh gosh the, the tent pegs and the bases and all all of that um, but in the end uh, God you know uses those parts and pieces for sure but it's people who will do the ministry understand what I'm saying it's people it always comes down to people God uses people and in the ancient people of God the uh, the, the priest Aaron and his sons were singled out for a specific task in ministry, this does not elevate them. That doesn't mean necessarily they get a you know a special parking place close to the door. Maybe they do, uh, but I'm just saying, ministry isn't a coronation. You know, when they put this turban on Aaron's head that says "Holy to the Lord," you know, that's not a crown that enables him to run the place. You know, it's not a, an elevation in status. It is just rather a designation of function. You know, here at Woodburn Baptist Church, I've been pastor 27 years. Uh, I don't run this church. I serve this church in a particular capacity. And I personally don't believe my function is more important than your function if you're a member of Woodburn Baptist Church or any church. You know, we're all members of the body of Christ, and not one of us can say that we matter more than the others. So I, I don't believe that ministry is an elevation in status, but rather it's just a designation of function. And so throughout this chapter, uh, just understand the, the appearance matters. And so much of this is describing the way the priests are going to appear. Uh, 
in, in their priestly role. But at the very same time, um, I, th I think that you just begin to understand that the, that the role of the priest is, is what has really been explained here as it uh, describes for us her clothing. It's a, it's a uniform. You know, it, it's, it's definitely holy garments that they will wear doing holy work in a holy place. Make no mistake. And, and the, the, the priestly garments are beautiful. Uh, they lived in the desert, you guys, and the tents have no color, and there's just no color. I mean, the, the ground is brown, the sky is brown, you know, the sand is brown. I mean, the, the bushes are dead. I mean, there, there is no color around them. I know the sky, the sunrise in the desert is beautiful. I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm just saying that most people, you know, in the ancient world, they, they didn't have clothes like that. They didn't dress like this. And so where else would the people see color? You know, but when the priests step into their role and they put on these garments, you know, they are going to be distinguished. Again, it's not an elevation in status, but rather it's a, it's a designation of the importance of the work that they're doing. That they're set apart because they are doing this particular task in the holy presence of God. Am I making any sense at all? And so throughout this chapter, you just pay attention. And we're not just, you know, describing like we're dressing up Barbie dolls here and everything's just kind of all blinged out, you know. No, all of this has a function. Again, it's beautiful. And beauty itself has a function in designating the nature of the God in whose presence they draw. You know, the beauty itself has a function. And make no mistake, all of this is designed by God. I, I think this sweater I'm wearing today is North Face. It's designed by North Face, and I, I like North Face, you know. But can you imagine having a garment that's designed by God? I look better than Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever, you know, Gloria Vanderbilt. I don't know who's out there now. <laughs> who's designing clothes? Um, I'm just saying, uh, to put on a garment that you know is designed, like God said, this is what I want my priest to wear. You know, that's amazing to me. But all of these ass, all of these pieces of clothing have a function. Um, that, that, uh, obviously, they're wearing trousers. You know, I've laughed before. I always think it's kind of funny because God's a little bit concerned that they're going to go up the steps of the altar and so somebody's going to see their boxer shorts, you know. So for modesty's sake, they, they wear trousers. Uh, the, the priest wears a turban. Okay, that's not just so he looks cool, you know. The turban is holding back their hair because the priests are working, you all. It's work, you know. They are literally slaughtering animals, you know, and their hair has to be kept back. And, and the sash is what keeps the, the, the clothing close to the body because these guys are working. They're not out there flouncing around, you know, with, with these flowing robes. Man, they got to have their clothes up close to their bodies. So the, the priest wears bells, you know, so, so people can know when he's on the job and they can hear him coming and they can know when he disappears into the presence of God that he's still breathing, you, you know. All of this has a function. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, beauty for beauty's sake. There is a, a, a function here. You know, much is made here of the ephod. I never know how to say that, ephod, E-P-H-O-D, ephod. Um, it's a Hebrew word uh, that always relates somehow to the priest or to worship, but it's, it doesn't seem always to mean the same thing. When you, like in Judges, for example, I, I think someone makes an ephod, and it seems to be more of like a, 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 an idol, you know, some sort of 
uh, physical object, whereas in Exodus, the ephod is more or less a, a, like a, a chest bib. It becomes the, the pocket where the, uh, what's it called, the uh, urim and, and thumim are kept. You know, these are like these sacred stones that are used to determine the will of God. You know, so, so make no mistake, everything that the priests are wearing, it's, it's only meant to underline their function and their most important function is with the Urim and Thummim, it's, it's, it's on a daily basis to help determine the, the will of God for, for, for people. They're there to help people find God's direction for their lives and, and again, to make sacrifice uh, so that they may dwell in the presence of a holy God despite the fact that they are sinners. Um, at the end of all this, it's all brought before Moses and I, I love that too. And there's probably another lesson here about church leadership. Notice how there's accountability they all bring their work before Moses. Moses is the one who got the instructions in the first place, and so Moses you know, holds them accountable. They come back before Moses, and it is Moses who determines whether or not what they have done is according to the plan, according to what God had said. You know, with that, there's this inspection. Moses you know, is, is very, very careful. Uh, it's more than just a simple look over. You, you know, he inspects. He looks into the details because God gave detailed plans and, and detailed instructions for how these things should be done. And Moses is ensuring that the people have been obedient. And, and then once that obedience is, is verified, there's just some amazing blessing and affirmation that comes from Moses. I think those three things, accountability, inspection, and, and affirmation, are probably very, very important uh, in, in, in church leadership and, and probably three things I need to work on a, a bit more myself. Um, but anyway, let, let's stop there. We'll pick up here tomorrow for chapter 40. The tabernacle will be completed. The Lord's glory will fill the temple and we'll close the, the book on Exodus. So anyway, uh, it, it's been good and I've enjoyed it with you. So stay with me one more day. We'll finish Exodus tomorrow. So read Exodus chapter 40 verses 1 to 38 for tomorrow. Surely spring's on the way, y'all. I'm so tired of being cold, but it is beautiful today. I love the sunshine and actually the snow's kind of pretty too. Uh, I love God's word and I love you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for being uh, such a faithful partner in reading God's Word with me. You're making me better and smarter. And, uh, and again, I love the fact that we can do this together. Uh, don't ever forget to hit like, to subscribe, to interact in some way. I know some of you just watch, and, and I appreciate the fact that you do. But if you really want to make Facebook or YouTube or any of these platforms better, uh, you affect the algorithms literally by interacting with the content that you like. So if 10 with Tim is the kind of thing that you enjoy seeing and you like to see more of this kind of stuff on your social media, then press like, uh, comment, uh, drop in sometimes. Don't just ghost me or just watch me uh, anonymously. Again, it's not about my ego. It's about making social media better uh, and, and, and better platforms for people who love God's word. Uh, so I love you. I'll see you in the morning. Lord willing, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. Have a great Wednesday.